Hello, I'm Chris Coe. Welcome to Newton & Co, an Eye for the Light podcast series where we put questions to photographers about their life in photography. I'd like to introduce my partner in crime, fellow professional photographer David Newton. Good morning or afternoon, whatever time it is uh, you are listening. Hello and welcome to this podcast. Today we have got a very exciting guest, um, Margaret Soroya. She is a very interesting photographer of, of absolute calm beauty in amongst the chaos of Scottish Western Isles and Scotland generally, wild places, uh, as well as a, an avid wild swimmer uh, and a fellow podcaster. Uh, and we are going to be finding out a little bit more about her. Now, because I know Margaret, um, Chris is going to lead the questioning predominantly on this one. Um, so you'll have to get used to his dulcet tones today. Thank you, David, I think. <laughs> right, well, that was quite an introduction. So why don't we kick off by you telling us how and when you got into photography? When did it become a part of your life? Right, so um, it goes back quite a while, actually. I went to university in Manchester to study photography in the arts. Um, I went on to study um, painting, actually, fine art painting, and then switched to back to photography again. So it kept, I kept going back and I ended up in Swansea um, Polytechnic, I think it was. Um, but the reason that I loved it there was that it was by the sea. And so this is where um, I suppose my journey quite early on. It starts to do with being involved in the sea um, because I started surfing and I started photographing waves way back then. I stopped after um, a bad experience at university and I didn't pick up the camera again until I had my um, two children. So my, my uh, Cameron, who is now 17, was just born and I literally just started up a business. And I did so because I needed to earn some extra money and I thought, well, I'm at home anyway, let's shoot some weddings. <laughs> so um, I've actually been a wedding photographer for 17 years um, now, but obviously that wasn't my real passion. So um, about maybe 10 years ago, 10, maybe what well, I lose count of the years, actually. I've always wanted to photograph in the landscape and photograph seascapes. So I've recently turned that into um, my business. So it's overtaken the wedding photography, although I still do some small elopements. And uh, now I earn um, a living through landscape photography, which is incredible. I think I went off topic there. Is that OK? <laughs> Yes, that's fine. Your your website, which is quietlandscapes.co.uk, for anyone who wants to look it out, obviously features landscapes, but it also does it from a mindfulness perspective. What motivated you to bring these two elements together? So for me, it was natural. It was just a natural um, process. It wasn't a conscious thing. I think it's something when when you are drawn to um, the way of working where it's more mindful and aware of your surroundings and I'm also bringing in that kind of healing aspect to photography so for me being out in the in nature by the sea in the sea whatever it is um, is very very mindful but it's also very good for me as a, as a person and I think that comes back to um, a time in my life that was very very stressful that caused me to um, have a massive period of chronic stress and not be so well. So then I started to become self-aware, well, what is it, what, what can I do that's going to um, 
heal me, but also make me feel more like myself and more alive. Um, and I think we all suffer from that at some point in our lives where we've kind of lost ourselves a bit. So um, it, I suppose it all comes back to that. So it's this, this kind of process of thinking, where am I most happy? Where do I feel most calm? Um, where do I feel fulfilled and, and uplifted? And that for me is by the sea. So when you start to put mindfulness practice and being aware, awareness, open awareness into your photography, then it becomes quite powerful. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. And it's also very topical at the moment, of course. Yes. And you're, yeah. you're based in Scotland. Um, the scenery there is certainly dramatic. Um, what what it, sorry, what inspires you most about the Scottish landscape? It's um, for, for me, Scotland is is everything. I think um, it's quite interesting, that question, actually, because I used to I went through a period of like five years doing travel photography and, and on commissions and um I suddenly one day turned around and said, why am I doing this? Why, why? I think I was asked to go to somewhere like um, Costa del Sol and do seven days photography in a hotel. And I was going, do I really want to do that? That, that sort of seven days of my life is quite precious. So do I, do I really want to do that? Do I connect to that landscape? Um, is it something that I find quite um, inspiring? I was like, no, I don't. So I, I gave that up and I decided that Scotland was where it was at for me. And I just now all I do is just try and get to as many places in Scotland <laughs> as possible and spend that time there because Scotland is amazing. And we have so many, um, I suppose, quiet places, which is is, is what, I, what I love. I love being away from, from everything. We have these hidden locations, we have beaches, we have drama, you know, in the winter it's, it's dramatic. Um, so for me, Scotland has like everything and I don't really feel the need to go anywhere else. Um, I have just been away the past few weeks um, on various places. It's been a bit busy because it's it's like June now, <laughs> July now. So um, I don't enjoy that so much, to be honest with you. I much prefer the winter in Scotland when it's empty and wild. Mm, lovely. And when you're, you're a very keen. Oh, sorry, go on. I was going <laughs> to jump in there. When you're sorry, David, when you're shooting, do you spend time planning and pre-visualizing before you go, or is it very much reacting to the the, the landscapes that you find? I don't think I pre-visualize. I, I always go with a an intention to um, to go and find the types of scenes that inspire me naturally. So I will always be looking at weather and conditions. I'm always looking at surf for forecasts for waves. Um, I'm also looking um, for, for wind direction. And so, so I'm looking for those situations that are ideal. And if, and if they happen, that's great. Um, because I have, I suppose I do have a little bit in mind of the, the type of conditions that make me feel um, uplifted and, and like, you know, you know, when you get to a scene and it's just like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Um, I'm always looking for that. It doesn't always happen. Um, so I suppose... <laughs> I suppose it's a bit of both to answer that question. I think, you know, you don't always get there and it's it's what you expected. Um, but I'm always looking for big waves or calm water. So, you know, it's it's fairly it's a fairly simple process actually. It's either extreme, I guess. It's one one end or the other of the spectrum. Yeah. And and actually, you know, I, I think I said in the introduction, I know you're an avid wild swimmer. So you seem to combine your wild swimming with 
your photography and and just being on location being in that environment how do you you know a lot of people would would love to be able to spend their time in the environment how do you get to do that what you know what's that process like what makes that possible um i think it goes back this goes actually goes it's really interesting one this goes back a long time when i was um when i talked about being at university in swansea i used to take my camera onto the surfboard with me and just be in the water it wasn't didn't have a house or anything it was just a bit of a, a, bit of a, a chance but you know um just to get that feeling of being in the water so i think um i think i'm moving more and more towards that now so i'm always looking for conditions now where I can take cameras and it doesn't really matter at the moment. It's quite, um, it's quite early on. It's a new thing that I'm trying out. So the moment doesn't, it doesn't have to be great equipment. It's just more about the enjoyment and the connection with being in the water. So yesterday I was in the water um, with a, a, with a GoPro (laughs) and it's just great fun. And I think there's real, um, there's real um, validity in just having fun with your photography. I think that's where it should start. If you feel excited about something, then you should go and do it. And that's where um, that sort of idea of play um, really kind of, you know, helps you get to where you want to be. And eventually you evolve and refine that. And so the kit will probably be refined and the process will be refined. But um, for me at the moment, I'm going underwater in clear waters. It is freezing, I've got to say, still, even though it's summer in Scotland, it's freezing. But I've got all the kit if I need to. Um, I wasn't Yesterday it was quite warm, so I was just under in the swim costume. Um, so, yeah, just just great fun. I can't remember your question, but I hope that answered it. <laughs> I, I, I think it did. I think it did. It actually, though, it, it, it kind of leads me on. I know that you uh, you have a van and you're, you know, we're, we're all fellow van people here. Um, how has having a van helped you in what you do in your photography and, and in, in your mindful approach to, to what you do? It's been pivotal actually in my landscape photography for probably not for the reason that you think. So the reason I got a van originally was maybe about seven years ago and I was traveling around the island so a lot of my wedding photography and my commercial photography was on the Outer Hebrides and um, because I just built a business out there and um, so I was traveling back and forth and it was like seven hour journeys and ferries and, you know, late. And, and then I found I couldn't get accommodation on the island. So I was like, well, OK, if I just got a van and I can just stay in the van overnight um, and then I don't have to worry, I can take these jobs on. Um, and also, you know, at that time I was quite tired. And, you know, when you're doing these long trips, it's really, really lovely to be able to stop and have tea <laughs> and a little bit of a rest on these long journeys so that's the reason I got it and then it evolved it, and then I realized well hang on a minute if I if I take a job out there I can now stay for as long as I want or be free to follow that weather and also be in the location that I want to be in the middle of the night if I want to do night skies or if I want to get up really early which I tend to I can just kind of roll up bed and be on the beach in five minutes which is amazing so the van has actually facilitated um, a lot, actually. It's given me freedom to explore and freedom to say, well, there's an amazing surf forecast um, for, you know, two days' time on Harris. I'm going. Um, obviously, my life has to be set up as well to be, to be able to do that. But my children are older now, so, you know, they, they can stay home alone <laughs> and survive so things have changed and it does you know your life changes um so the van is oh it's just it's everything to me it's my first love 
don't tell my partner that <laughs> what it is. You're, we won't send him the link to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> your images lean towards fine art end of photography. Um, what took you in that direction? And, and do you actually sell your, your work as fine art prints? Yeah, so I think, um, I think again, it wasn't a conscious thing. It was a natural, intuitive thing that led them into, into that way. And that is the best way to evolve your photography. I think if you can work intuitively and just follow your gut instinct. Um, I don't tend to, um, probably people will not agree with me on this, but I don't tend to look at a lot, a lot of other photographers' work. And, I t- and that allows me to have my own vision. And it just evolved into that. And... I suppose, you know, they are sort of like slow shutter speed. I sometimes print on um, you know, like German action hand, so they become almost like watercolour paintings. But then when you look back into my past and then with the, the, the history of painting, it, you know, there must be some sort of connection there. Um, so anyway, that's that's kind of evolved naturally. I do sell um, through the Bosom Gallery in, in uh, Chichester south coast um i had an exhibition there a couple of years ago and they still sell for me online so mostly it's done through the gallery i don't really do so much by myself um but i, I do have them for sale um but mostly just limited edition um prints and uh but mostly for the gallery yeah you, you there's a wonderful tranquility and calmness to your images e- even the ones of turbulent seas was this always your style or has that evolved over the years um, I think that's evolved. That's evolved as I've become more um, self-aware and uh, have a more deep understanding of what it is I'm trying to bring across in my photography, but also a deep understanding of myself because I think that we are simply just, our photography is a reflection of us as a person. So um, a lot of people say to me that my, I'm quite calming as a, as a person um, and my voice is calming. Um, so I, and also... The fact that when I'm standing in those amazing wild conditions, I feel happy and calm and serene. So I do think that, um, yeah, it is just, it is a reflection. Again, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> <laughs> You're forgetting these questions, but answering them good. beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting an answer. <laughs> um You've talked a couple of times, you've kind of referenced back to your younger days being at university and, and you know, where you got your start in photography. If we skip forward to the current time, but you were to look back, is there one bit of advice that you would give the younger you, one bit of photographic advice that you would give the younger you? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, it would be amazing to be able to do that, wouldn't it? I think it would be to trust your, trust yourself. Um, I knew back in my days of being at university what it is that I wanted to, to photograph, what it is, how I wanted to represent it and how I wanted to do it. And that was a real intuitive thing. I was just, um, I was young, I was not confident and um, that kind of, I was very quiet. I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, at the time, I didn't understand that. Um, I just was always told and always talked over, always told things that uh, I should and shouldn't do. So now I think if I went back, I would say just trust you and do it anyway. Don't You don't have to listen to anybody else telling you what you should or should not do. You've really got to trust that, that instinct. How do you find uh, the locations for your images? Do you spend a long time just 
researching them and then shooting a single image or do you tend to string them together and go off shooting for a couple of weeks? I, um, I have specific <coughs> islands. It's mostly islands that I shoot on. So the, the, it's mostly the, the Scot- any of the Scottish islands. I'm still exploring all of them. I still haven't got to so many. Um, it's really hard to get around them all. But there's certain islands that are better for waves. So that's fairly, it's fairly obvious that I just, I just keep going back to those ones and then trying to add in a new island if I know that the conditions are going to be good. So, um, and the other thing is there's still waters. So if you if I'm looking for like clear turquoise waters, there's certain places that, that have that as well. So those are the two things. So I will repeatedly go to the Outer Hebrides because um, I know all these locations so you know it's it, I guess it's knowledge and, and connection. I also find that having a, a connection with the land and the landscape is important to me and the people actually as well because I, I know a lot of the people out there so it, it feels very much um, it feels very much like home to me out there so that's I think is important in photography having a connection with a, with a, with the land. Um, but as for locations I'm just looking at them based on weather and forecasts um, within any given island at any given time. I was going to ask about the mentoring that you offer. Um, Is this very much done from the mindfulness aspect with photography attached to it or or are you wrapping the two together? I think that when you look at um, coaching or mentoring in, in any form, I will always do it from a more personal aspect as opposed to a technical. Um, I think that we can, this is probably quite controversial, but I think that we can all learn photography. We can all learn the technicals. We can have a, a fantastically technical, perfectly exposed and sharp image. I think that can be learned. I think the deeper things that we need to learn to become mature and authentic photographers are the hard things, that hard thing to teach. Um, and so I will always um, I will always start there. And that's how, that's how I work. I don't do so much I'm, I'm really really busy at the moment so um I don't do so much mentoring I'm, I'm doing more um I've got a little membership that, I, that takes a lot of time um and I did some online classes last year um so I, I you know it's, it's very hard to find the time at the moment to do these things but but yeah I will always start with the, the person and opening up blocks opening up creative blocks is a is a big thing as well and then the technicals really come a little bit further down the line and you've you've got your own podcast we mentioned that earlier on what what are you you know i'm i'm guessing it it takes in a lot of your mindfulness and and various other things but what's your what's your goal with that you you seem like you have a voice that you want to get out there and you're doing that is that is that part of the plan or is it something else it's funny that i was thinking about that today because i just started that in um it was last year during during lockdown when we were you know we had a bit of time and I, I was taking a, a, a class teaching you about podcasting and I was like right I'm just going to do it I'm just going to start it even though it feels like a little bit scary and a little bit new and you know all these questions come up in your head are you are you good enough have you got enough to say you know, the, the things that everybody asks themselves anyway I just started it and actually I'm absolutely loving it because um one I think one of the things that um really 
is quite deep for me is this whole not being heard thing. So when you are when you're naturally introverted and you're not you're less likely to take part in um, social media and gatherings and and whatnot, and you've got this quieter voice, people often mistake that for you having nothing to say and having no value. And I've been mistaken for many, many years um, in my in my life. So that's one of the things that really um, feels quite, quite, quite deep for me. So to be able to give myself a platform <laughs> to speak from, isn't that a great thing? Isn't it? Isn't it amazing? But also then to pass that on to other people who are equally maybe talented, but quiet. Um, so a lot of the guests that I have on my podcast are maybe um, lesser known uh, I feel that they should have a voice and um, a, a much much more to do with well-being mindfulness um, and that in that sort of vein of things so um, it's been amazing and I've made so many um, connections that I wouldn't have otherwise it's a, it's a wonderful thing that's good and um, lockdown's been quite tough in Scotland um, have you still been able to work or were you forced to stay at home with your pictures Oh, it's a bit of a long story. I don't, <laughs> don't know if you want to know it. I, I got COVID last March and um, was was quite ill. So, um, and then I got long COVID. So I've been pretty much out of the picture for a year. Um, so I it, I took a um, I took a different angle to it. I was like, right, okay, we're staying staying in. I you know even when lockdown was lifted, I couldn't really go very far. So I, I stayed in and I did a lot of pivoting in in my business. So. Um, and and also I think this is where the mindfulness came in really, really useful actually. And just to be able to focus on that creativity was a, a massive thing for me. So um it was it was really, really important. So I, you know, I took a step back from the weddings. In fact, I pretty much um stopped well I stopped doing wedding photography uh, well, everything wedding stopped, stopped too, didn't <laughs> wedding stopped as well but the whole business kind of has had I've, I've just made some decisions I suppose I think a lot of people have gone what is it I really want to do in my life so um, it was really a great time because I've come out of this um, a lot stronger knowing exactly where I want to go um, I've started my podcast I've started my membership I've started so many things online and zoom calls and you know things it's been it's been incredible so um, I'm actually quite grateful to to the whole situation because it gave us time to stop and think didn't it as opposed to just keep working 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 for me it was a, a great time to pause and to consider yeah what's your next project are you considering traveling further afield or are you happy where you are in traveling around the islands um i'm i'm never happy just stopping i always like to have a i always like to have a little trip i actually travel for the whole of july um and um i'm going to the hebdes i can't even remember where i'm going but i'm going to all sorts of places most of most of july um in august i'm I'm running my first wild swimming and creativity retreat, which is just a, a taster um, because I run landscape photography workshops with a mindful angle. But after this whole year, I sort of wondered whether um, the whole wild swimming has become very, very popular. I wonder whether we could we could um, marry the two things and bring creativity together with being outdoors as a as a whole package of, of well-being and mindfulness. Now, I know that's not for everybody. <laughs> There's a lot of people like I'm not, I'm not getting the waters in Scotland, um, but that's that's a new angle to the business. And then from September onwards till through to December, I'm actually leading workshops, so, so it's a busy time. 
in August, I'm going to be seeing you for sure when I get up there. Brilliant. When you're not when you're not doing your wild swimming, I'm going to come and find you, and you're going to take me to some of your awesome places, or at least point me in the right direction. Yeah, I have to come in the water though. That's the that's. The uh, I can. I, I was a marine biologist. I'm happy to get in the there water. There we go. There we go. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be in the water. Don't worry about that. Um, yeah. Well, that's fabulous, Margaret. Um, you certainly didn't have any trouble talking today, and we found out lots about your life and your approach to your photography. So, thank you very much for that. It's a pleasure. It's, it's, it's been wonderful having you on. I think, you know, as I said at the start, I've known you for a little while, but I feel like I've learned more about you and learned more about your approach and, you know, what drives you. And it's it's very interesting to hear from someone that describes himself as an introvert being so fluid and outspoken and, and almost extroverted given given the platform to do so. It's, it's actually really heartwarming and, and enjoyable to listen to. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much.